and welcome to the Kaplan Connect. I'm your host, Fire Chief Scott Freitag. And with me again this week, or back this week, I guess, Assistant Chief John Fetima, fresh off of your trip to the Mighty Oaks, uh, this time in California, last time Texas. Yep. Uh, how was the trip? You talked to me a little bit about it, but let's let's start the conversation today with that. Yeah, it was good. Um, you know, the, the trip, there was uh, 22 participants in the program. Okay. Um, it's a week long and uh, just it provides an opportunity for folks to come in and uh, kind of usually un- unload some of the burdens that they walk in with. Right. And uh, there's different topics that are discussed along the way and there's different breakouts throughout the whole process. But uh, yeah, it was a great experience. I was there as the second phase of a leadership process to okay. step in there as a team leader, which really just means you go in there, you teach a portion of a, of a class and then you help lead a breakout, which again is uh, not necessarily providing, not fixing. You're right. helping them move to uh, focus on something outside of uh, kind of uh, the, the the trauma that's brought them in. Mm-hmm. And so it's there's a lot of uh, leadership training that goes along with that. But uh, good experience, and I think um, I enjoyed the time, and uh, hopefully the folks that attended got something from it to help strengthen their their walk moving right. forward. Well, and and I want to key in on something you said you you don't fix it and i think we we look at behavioral health in in a bigger sense right um i can fix a car sure something mechanically wrong i can fix that a doctor can fix or at least try to fix my shoulder but fixing someone that has some uh psychological traumas Mm -hmm. that they're dealing with all we can do is guide them sure right there's no fix to this it's it's a guide and then that person has to make choices yeah yeah i think um again it's uh providing them the opportunity unload one of the things they uh they talk about there was you know people walking with a rucksack originally the program right. was designed for veterans they've expanded to first responders but they talk about a rucksack that uh, you walk into the program in and the first question it starts on a monday evening the first question on tuesday morning is do you want to get better right and part of that getting better is to unload all the stuff that you've packed into that rucksack you've packed into the depths of your heart that you never get out and it's, it's, there's an environment that is created to help unload some of that stuff. Right. And the whole goal is to get through some of that during the week. And again, it does help people navigate that process, right. not necessarily trying to fix. If you say, hey, I got this challenge, it's about uh, trusting the process throughout the end of it and the different uh, curriculum you go through, the different resources that they have. And again, helping people unload that. Right. A big part, we can't reach in and pull that stuff out for you. You have to be willing to do that for yourself. Right. No, and that's that's a great program, and I'm uh, I'm so happy that you were taking part in it. I know when they first asked you, you came to me, and I said absolutely, let's support it because you're bringing that information and training and the things that you're learning back here. And and the cool thing from my perspective, I'll just put it out there is uh, not just the behavioral health standpoint of it, but um, I would love to go through what you have to go through to present there. Yeah, because it challenges you to. Uh, be better in your written communication, oh, yeah. be better in your oral presentation skills. And so there's so much more development there uh, for the people that, that are providing some of that guidance yeah. than just the behavioral health component. And I, I really appreciate that. And I'm glad you're taking part in it. Yeah. And not that you have a problem with your present, presentation, <laughs> presentation yeah. skills, because that's not the case. Um, I just think anytime we can get 
uh, more education in certain areas, it'll certainly help us. Yeah. And I think we've talked about it before, but the the education to my presentation was I had to present right. it several times before I ever, <clears throat> ever went there, before I ever presented it in person, because there's specific things that they want you to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some there's some leeway in terms of your own uh, information that you kind of add in there. But there's some core things you have to cover. Right. So you have to teach it several times before you ever do it. And in that process, there's also you get evaluated. So there's a level of vulnerability when you walk up there like you have to be willing to teach it and receive that feedback. Right. After you teach then you sit around with other leadership group and you go around and critique the class the, the right. following day. And it's expected that you help critique somebody else's and you receive that critique for your own. And uh, there was definitely some very specific things like, hey, sustain that. Keep that right. for the next time. And there were some other things like, you know what, think about tweaking that a little bit. Adjust this. Hey, you didn't realize it, but during the course you did this. It's like, yeah, if somebody would not have pointed it out, right. I never would have made the change. I never yeah. would have improved it for the next time. So I, like I say, I think it's been very helpful um, in helping just improve my presentation skills. But at the same time, the humility that it takes to sit there and do that only builds the strength of that leadership right. team. Yeah. Well, that, I'm glad you had a great week. You had to yeah. come back. Then we went straight to fire school yep. and uh, we had the healing field last weekend uh, which went very well. The healing field is still up. So for those in the community who happen to catch this, by the time this comes out, it'll come down. But next year, perfect. this time, um, you can go out and, and just, it's important that we remember history, yeah. uh, lest we forget it and have to repeat it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, to go out and, and especially bringing, I was talking to my physical therapist today and uh, she didn't come to the healing field. She went to Hope Fest, but she has two smaller kids and she took the kids with her. Yeah. And I think that's so important to introduce the kids to what was 9-11. Yep. It was well before you were born, but why is this important yeah. today? And why will it be important to the history of our nation? Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about mandates and choice here in a minute. <laughs> um, and Joan, I have an idea for you for the, uh, the, the little thumbnail this week to try to, you know, kind of a clickbait thing. We'll try something new. Uh, see if we can get it. But uh, the first thing I want to touch on, and this is going to be in the review this week, is that um, Thursday morning this week, we closed on the COPs, the Certificates of Participation. Yep. There are still some folks who are confused as to what that uh, what that means. We've written about it extensively in the review. We've provided, we've actually talked about it on here before. Mm-hmm. Um, let me just point this out for clarification. We are not taking on an additional $53 million in debt, sure. we're refinancing the debt at a lower rate, thereby saving taxpayers over $21 million of the life alone. So it's not new debt, it's refinancing old debt sure. that exists in the retirement system. Yeah. Anything else that you have on that that you'd uh, like yeah, to clarify, or is that nope. pretty, pretty good? No, I think it's good. And I think, like I say, it stabilizes that payment. Or in right. the past that we had that uh, the payments continue to escalate and then balloon out to right. what would be unachievable. In oh, yeah. terms of that payment, this, uh, like I say, stabilizes it. It'll go up a little bit over the next uh, two years, but then it levels out, and we maintain that level, and that level is sustainable. And I think that's uh, the big takeaway as they were going through the whole process was this creates a sustainable you know, payment, right. and it reduces that overall amount. So, right. So mandates and choice. Um, the president... Uh, uh, came out last week, Thursday, and mandated businesses with employer, that employ over 100 people 
they have to either vaccinate or they have to be tested weekly. Um, we are not a business. We are over 100 people, but we are a local governmental entity, and therefore uh, that mandate doesn't apply to us. And even if it did, um, we wouldn't follow it, just in case anybody was wondering. So CAFMA will not mandate that you have to get the shot. That is a personal medical choice yep. that, that we've discussed as senior staff, and, yep. and we've made the decision that we're not going to mandate. Um, then I sent an email out to this effect, but then there were some follow-up questions that I think uh, are important to bring up. So the federal government said, well, if you're contracted with the federal government. So the question was, when our folks go on a wildland fire, um, for the feds out of state, is that a requirement for them? The fact of the matter is we are contracted with the state of Arizona. Sure. The state of Arizona is contracted with the feds. We are not. We fall under the state's rules. As of September 29th, Governor Ducey's law goes into effect that prohibits us from mandating vaccination. Yeah. So, and, and let's be clear, this is like a flu shot. It's a virus. There's going to be multiple different variants. Mm -hmm. That shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. That's science nice. from experts. <laughs> um, so, you know, those are, we're, we're not, we're not going to require it. We're just not going to. The other one was, will DHS require it for paramedics? And the answer to that is no. And the reason is DHS is part of the state of Arizona and the state of Arizona has passed a law that says, you don't do this. Yeah. So could the feds try to take a run, uh, another end run? Sure. Absolutely. They could go through OSHA. They may have. Don't care. Our position is now and will remain. This is a personal choice. Yeah. So is there anything that I wasn't clear on? <laughs> I don't I don't think so. I got nothing to add. <laughs> you know, I said some things at the healing field this weekend, too, um, because the there was a statement that this isn't about personal freedom. This is about safety. And, and I'm going to counter that and say, no, this is about personal freedom. Sure. Um, because the, the science, I, it, there seems to be a rush to judgment with the science. Because what, what you hear, the pushback you get is, do you not believe the science? Well, what science are we looking at? Because yep. there's long-standing science that relates to my immune system. There's long-standing science that talks about, hey, you know what? You need to exercise and be healthy in these things because that prevents um, or can help prevent, not always, but can help prevent diabetes, cardiac, lung issues. Mm -hmm. I mean, when, when I was growing up in school, I, I can't remember the name of the program, but you had the the healthy fitness program that was federally supported. Yeah. Do you remember those? I don't remember the name of it, but I do remember it. Yes. So, and you'd get a, uh, like a little yep. patch or something if you did really, I didn't, I didn't get one. <laughs> uh, but you know, there's science that supports, Hey, the, you need to do these things yeah. to be healthy and healthier people do better when they can drag COVID than, than others. There are anomalies oh, yeah. obviously to that. For sure. Um, there's science related to masks that have been around for years after the, the Spanish flu in 1918. After it was all over with, 
the studies showed, hey, these masks didn't help. Why didn't they help? Uh, it didn't slow anything down. And you're seeing a lot of the studies today, actual validated studies, saying there's no statistical difference. This really isn't yeah. working. And if you think about the fact that, I mean, when you're driving around town, John, how many how many cars do you think you see with one or multiple masks hanging from the rearview mirror? <laughs> so there's, there's a lot, yes. Yeah. yeah. And aren't they disposable? I mean, you have to keep buying them, so. Yeah, that's true. You do have to keep buying them. But people are picking them up off the floor of the yeah. car, out oh, of yeah. the back seat, pockets, purses. Yep. All of those things are contaminated. Uh, and the side of the box says doesn't prevent viruses. Um, I read them because that's what we have on our engines. Sure. <clears throat> and that's what the side says. So, again, mask preference. Decide. If it makes you feel better oh, yeah. to wear it, wear it. Sure. If not, don't. Um, there's a reason that our infectious control protocol uh, requires an N95 mask. Correct. That has to be fitted on an annual basis. Yep. <clears throat> and also has to be cleaned in our cool little UV light boxes. Yeah. And I think those mm -hmm. are utilized in short, uh, short duration sure. incidents where you respond into the incident, you're dealing with the affected patient, and you leave. Or you right. treat that patient, you move them to the ambulance, you move them to the hospital. It's, it's the short-term exposure. Right. Well, and I'm no expert, however. I would never argue that. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, it, when I see people in, in a clinical setting, for example, they put a mask on to go into a room or a clinical environment, mm -hmm. meet with a patient. Well, technically, you're supposed to pull that back off, dispose of it, mm -hmm. and replace it to go see another patient. That's not happening. Sure. <laughs> so, you know, we it's not that we are COVID deniers. We're not mm -hmm. denying COVID. COVID is, Correct. it can be very bad for a lot of people. Yep. We're not denying COVID. The approaches, the approach that's being taken is questionable mm -hmm. on, on the mask side of things. On the mandating the vaccine side of things, there's not enough science there yet, especially with the new variant, because I just read a study out of Britain the other day that said, hey, this may be contraindicated. And that's not the first study that said that with sure. the Delta variant. And the FDA has a number of people leaving, and they wrote a paper on their way out that said, look, you're rushing to boosters, and there's no evidence for this yet. We haven't done any studies on it. Yeah. So. The, the thing about science is it plays out over a period of time. Oh, yeah. My concern is rushing into something. Uh, Israel has the highest percentage of population that is vaccinated, mm -hmm. and their cases are going crazy. Sure. So what's the answer? I, I don't know, but I can tell you that what's happening right now, what we're doing, isn't working. Mm -hmm. So let's focus on the treatment. When we talk about numbers, why don't we start being honest with the numbers? How many people um, have COVID but have very minor symptoms? Yeah. How many are hospitalized? How many people died because, as a direct result of COVID? How many died who simply had it but it wasn't a direct result? Because all of those numbers are being jumbled together. Sure. And again, not a COVID denier. I think you need to wash your hands. I, I highly recommend you don't lick other people. Um, for multiple reasons. Uh, yes, yeah, for multiple not reasons. Not just your own health, but... 
But especially people you don't know. I mean, it's just weird. Law enforcement may uh, get involved if you have people you don't know. Even people you do know, there's just, yeah, that could be a problem too. Yeah, you should be concerned. I mean, I yeah. wouldn't walk in your office and do that to you. No, if you did, uh, yeah. Yeah, but then we'd end up in HR, would be a yeah. thing. <laughs> but, you know, it's those, it's those types of things that seem to work. Um, I know you work out every day almost. Uh, I get up in the mornings and work out before I come in. We eat fairly healthy diets. Um, I take a lot of vitamins that include zinc and um, vitamin C. And, you know, honestly, I don't know what all I take. My wife just puts pills out in the morning. <laughs> it's dangerous. She could be slowly trying to kill me, yeah. but I wouldn't know. So if I disappear, Good something happens. Yeah. Perfect. Do I send her a card or do I go question her? Like, uh, thank you or? <laughs> I think she's going to get a lot of thank you cards, honestly. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. Why am I going over there again? Yeah. Yeah. It's. That's just my thought, but I don't know everything I take, but there's a lot of them. So, but I, I think one of the keys is, you know, be healthy. If you're immunocompromised, you yeah. should take precautions, whatever precautions you deem mm -hmm. necessary. Um, if you're going to wear a mask, wear the appropriate type of mask and, and wear it properly, dispose of it properly. The one that's on the floor of your car is not usable. Sure. Those types of things. And I think, like you say, the people that are at highest risk need to be the ones protected. Right. And I think we need to be careful assuming that throwing the mask on all of a sudden gets rid of uh, any concerns. Mm -hmm. It's no different than you watch the fire service as our turnouts got better and better. We went farther and farther into the fire. Right. And we started hurting more and more people that way. Um, just because you have a mask on does not mean that you're protected at that point. No. It provides, you know, a, as we already discussed, a very maybe a minute level for a short duration. And uh, your best point at that point is especially protect those who are most vulnerable. Sure. And it might be limiting that exposure versus thinking that you throw something on your face and I'm good to go wherever I want. Right. It's a, like I say, it's a virus and a very difficult to, uh, and we are yet to do it, to slow the spread. Well, and, you know, when you look at SARS viruses from the history of SARS viruses to today, and I, and I wrote about it before, we've never eradicated one. Sure. Um, so it, it's highly improbable that you're going to eradicate it. It It's important that we do what we can to slow it down. Oh, yeah. And, but there really just isn't enough actual science behind it yet to figure out exactly how we do that other than hey, we need to focus on our health more. Mm -hmm. uh, we need to focus on hygiene more. We need to focus on, you know, any any number of things. But cowering in fear, which is what's happening a lot, cowering in fear and allowing life to pass you by is not how you live. Sure. And, and like you said, focus on those folks who are most at risk. Yeah. Take precautions for that and... I mean, I, I've been to conferences over the last several months. I've been on airplanes wearing a mask I know wasn't doing anything for me or the person next to me. Sure. I mean, I couldn't spit on them. That's a good point. And I couldn't lick them. Again, probably a bad idea. But yeah. yeah. So, I mean, from that standpoint, but I also couldn't smile at someone. Sure. You know, a, a little kid running down the aisle on the airplane. Yeah. Typically, I'll, I'll smile at him and wave. <clears throat> Excuse me. And... I couldn't do that. Yeah. But, and I spent 10 hours on that stupid plane because of diversions and sitting on runways and all this other stuff and eating my little 
pretzels they gave me. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's we're we're just doing some things that don't make sense, and we should really pump the brakes, take a step back, and and see what does work because we get the best solutions when we bring people with differing opinions to the table and we collaborate, which is the strangest thing because in COVID it's been the complete opposite direction. If you don't agree with the narrative, then you're obviously not an expert and you're anti-science. Sure. Well, no, there's just other science here that we should take a look at and that we should listen to and shouldn't be censored Zuckerberg. Um, I I don't understand that. So just some things that, that we want to look at, but for our personnel, when, when uh, the president comes out and says, I'm going to mandate this for you uh, and I'm losing my patience. um, My response is it is about freedom and I've lost my patience. (laughs) And I think that's what needs to be protected uh, above all else. Yes, it it really does because this is it's crazy. Yeah. That I want to go see the uh, the nine one one memorial, the museum yeah. in New York, but I'm not allowed to go because I have to have a vaccine passport. Which I think there's some federal laws about commerce and being able to travel, but I'm not an attorney. <laughs> I, I, what our attorney said to me was, this is unconstitutional sure. and I would not recommend that you follow it, but it doesn't apply to you anyway. So you don't have to. Yeah. And if they try a backdoor route, well, it's still your personal choice and it's going to remain that way. Sure. So, um, I know you guys couldn't make it to the healing field on Saturday, but this kind of, uh, commentary uh, may or may not have come across in my remarks that evening. Not quite this pointed uh, on this topic, uh, but in general terms, I did challenge people because what I'm seeing today, and I know we've talked about it before, is people just aren't being nice to each other. Sure. And we don't we don't honor the memory of those who died on 9-11, whether the, <clears throat> the innocent victims or the firefighters, police officers, law enforcement, or sorry, law enforcement, military, we don't honor their memories by giving up our freedoms and taking shots at each other. Yeah, We honor their memories by remembering that we're Americans, we're American citizens. People, I don't know if you know this, people will try to swim across oceans and rivers to come get just a taste of the freedom that we have here in this country. I haven't seen anybody trying to swim across an ocean or river or even get through the northern border checkpoint to escape the freedom we have in America. I don't know if some of our folks have the the resolve to to do that. I don't know that we've uh, we've built that enough. I'm very glad they don't want to. Sure. But at the same point, I don't know that they would make it very far off. I, I'm kind of disappointed in some of our Hollywood folks that keep promising, if this happens, I'm moving to Canada. <laughs> You're still here. Mm-hmm. You haven't moved. I know you can afford it. Go. But, you know, that that the opportunity or the, the 20th anniversary commemorating that uh, for me was vitally important. And really it was a time to, to reflect on 
who we are, who we should be. Sure. And I think today it's who we should be. Yeah. Uh, and I challenged people that night at the healing field, and I said, you know, it's great that you're out here tonight. It really is. And you're, you're American patriots. I can see that by the spirit we have here. But I want you to do a gut check. Is coming here tonight akin to you going to church one time a year on Easter? Sure. Or are you living your best life day in and day out? Yeah. And I, I think that's the message to people. Sure. Um, so that and dude, be nice. Yes. <laughs> and don't lick people. Yeah. Words of wisdom. Yeah. There you go. So I have made you quite uncomfortable enough for one session. Yeah, it, it's par for the course. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I did make Jonah laugh. Yeah, perfect. He thought it was funny. So uh, with that, we will end this week. Um, we are looking for ideas from anyone, really, about how to spruce this up. We want to maintain the American flag because well, yes. it stands for freedom. We're not getting rid of the American Correct. flag. And Damien made it for us, if you saw the podcast last week that Jonah put together. Nice work, Jonah, on that, by the way, on the 9-11. Yes, that was awesome. That was great. Um, so we're looking for ways to spruce it up and, and bring more people into view. And some of that is what Jonah described as clickbait. So I have some ideas for him. <laughs> Perfect. And right. other guests. And uh, they, that just helps. It, it, you know, sometimes it does. And sometimes I just like the banter between you and I. <laughs> Perfect. And, and I like the look on your face when I start going down this rabbit hole and you're like, oh, no. Yeah, no, oh, I'm no. just going to sit here quietly <laughs> and smile. Plausible deniability. I didn't respond to that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, awesome. Jonah, thank you again this week. John, thanks for being here. You bet. To all of you out there, uh, live your best life every day. And for all of the CAFMA employees, uh, you are not mandated to get the COVID shot, and you will not be mandated to get the COVID shot. That is your choice, not mine.